Good evening. Oh, see, we have to change that up now. We were so used to saying uh, good morning because we were on at Fridays at 11, but now we have actually gone and gone prime time. Went and gone prime time. See, we got to get that going as well, too. Um, hi, I am your host, Michael Dolce. Welcome to the Talking Alternative. I am getting myself situated. If you can catch me on Facebook, I'm actually live streaming right now. I'm also live streaming on Periscope. We're going to be talking nothing but Civil War, our spoiler, as I type this in for all to see, free review. So, Civil War, I can tell you right now, I'm actually very, very um, fresh because I actually saw it this afternoon. That's the beauty of it, though. That's actually the best part, though, right, is, is, is getting it live and getting it right in your, in your consciousness and getting it right, right up there. But uh, before we talk about Civil War, I want to talk about what I do when I actually watch movies. So when I'm watching movies, I confess, and my wife, who watches me on Periscope while I do this, um, she doesn't know this. She doesn't know this, but I cry. I do. I cry. I cry. It was terrible it's i i hide it i do i'm always i'm always kind of like i'm wiping my face uh if you're watching us on facebook um facebook.com slash secrets of the sire uh periscope at michael underscore dolce talking alternative.com obviously is where we're at but um i do i cry i cry i i will watch movies when um hulk and captain america are facing off a whole bunch of aliens in, in the original avengers movie Captain America turns to Hulk and he says, and Hulk, you smash. I cried. I cried. There are tears of just joy and emotion and things that just come, you know, pouring out. And uh, as, as in the background, I don't know if anybody can hear, but uh, I have my trusty engineer Sam here as well, too. And uh, it's true. I just, I can't help it. I can't help it. It just, it's, it's like seeing my childhood up on screen and it's a unifying thing too, right? I mean, this the, the the comic book movie phase. I want to welcome Saints Girl eight seven eight on Periscope. She's a loyal Periscope viewer and watcher. Um, and she said the smirk on his face when was priceless when he said that. And I agree. It's not just it's not just the smirk. I mean, it is it is it is just that feeling. It's like you got it right, Joss Whedon. You got it right now. And there was never any doubt that Joss Whedon would get it right, but. I mean, it, it's it's huge. It's this. It's like well of emotion that just kind of comes up, and it's just it's just huge. It really is. It, uh, it, uh, it it fills me with a lot of emotion. So, suffice to say, we had some we had some crying. I was with my dad though, and he didn't notice. That's okay too. Anyone that doesn't notice is is fine. Um, but a testament to the directors of this film, though, right? A testament to them because for the first hour of Civil War. And don't you worry, anybody listening to me, I'm going to keep this as spoiler-free as possible. I really, I'm going to try my best to keep this as spoiler-free as possible. I didn't cry. I didn't cry through the first hour when we have Captain America on screen, and we have Iron Man on screen, and we have the Winter Soldier, and we have all these characters, these iconic characters on screen. And that's actually a testament. It's not a negative one way at all. It is a testament to them because what they were able to do was pull me in completely to the story. And we're going to compare this film to Batman v Superman because everyone's comparing it to Batman v Superman. And why not? I mean, Batman v Superman kind of, kind of, you know, pushed people the wrong way. Kind of, 
uh, alienated a lot of fans, uh, put a lot of people. I remember I put the simple question of do you have faith in the DC universe up and we got a flood of responses just based on a question based on that film. After seeing that film, they said, no, no, they don't because they didn't like how it was handled. And especially kind of like up against Civil War. So Civil War and Batman v Superman, kind of the, kind of the same premise behind it as a lot of people kind of think, not really to anybody who's really hardcore into this, it's not the same premise, it's not the same thing, but that's okay. Um, we're going to break it down. And I'm actually going to break it down in the second segment as to why they're not as far apart as people think they are. I was called crazy on Twitter already. That's okay. That's what I enjoy. Anybody likes my shirt too? Slash, my man Dan Leister. So, Civil War. Testament to Joe and Anthony Russo. First hour of the film. No crying. Spider-Man comes on screen. Tears. It's finally nice to see a Spider-Man done right. It's finally nice to see a Spider-Man that is um, the wisecracking, but also... Ugh. Everything about it was um, was amazing. When he came on screen, that's when the tears came. When their actual battle, and yes, Saints Girl says the yapping kid. Yeah, but you know what? That's what Spider-Man is, though. He's he's whimsical. Tobey Maguire, my biggest problem with Tobey Maguire was he did not joke enough when he was Spider-Man. And that's the whole idea of being Spider-Man. Um, Tom Holland, though, on the other hand was able to kind of balance that action and and he was just really impressive on screen i mean the stuff that they're able to do with spider-man on screen now not to take away from what sony did because sony also did an impressive spider-man uh andrew garfield was actually an impressive spider-man the movies were kind of terrible but the action was really great and the spider-man shots were really great so for that i can't be upset with anything they're doing on that um but in this movie he really comes to life and again that's when the tears kind of start going. So again, this is a spoiler-free review. So anybody that has not seen the film, I'm not going to ruin it. Um, it turns out Jon Snow's the villain. Who knew? Game of Thrones. Who knew? It, it, he comes. He's alive at the end, and, and he comes in there. So I'm not going to ruin it for anybody that's, uh, that's really into it. But yeah, no. For the first hour of that film, nothing that is happening on screen pulled me away mentally from what I was actually watching, I was actually very involved in the story. And for anybody who doesn't know, the background of the story comes from the 2006-2007 Civil War comic, Mark Millar, Steve McNiven. We talked about it last week. Uh, you can catch our podcasts on iTunes. Um, we're also on SoundCloud, slash Secrets of the Sire. That is S-I-R-E. Uh, if you go to SoundCloud and just type in Secrets of the Sire, that's also our Facebook handle as well. Our Twitter handle is actually my name, Michael underscore Dolce. It was riveting. It was topical. Unlike the comic, and we kind of talked about this last last week with uh, the Bad Coyote Funky Bunch, unlike last week when, uh, sorry, unlike the comic book when you kind of had characters kind of acting out of, out of turn. In the comic book, Spider-Man reveals a secret identity. He doesn't have to do that in this movie, thankfully. Sorry, that was a spoiler, but it's not really a spoiler. I mean, he just basically gets to be Spider-Man on screen, and that's enough. That's all we need from him. In the comic book, Iron Man, there's no setup to Iron Man choosing the side that he's on. In this, you have Avengers Ultron. You have everything that happened in that film. You had everything that happened in the previous Marvel films. You had an instance in this film to start where it's 
Tony Stark, you can you can see on his face, you can see in the acting that Robert Downey Jr. goes through, you can see all of the instances where this has been building. This has been building. And again, we'll get into why Batman v Superman was kind of like the JV squad to the to the uh, Civil Wars. Now, Saints Girl 878 says it hits on all the points from the book. It does, but it does it better. Does it way, way, way better than the book. Because the book comes out of nowhere. The book all of a sudden has, for anybody who doesn't know, it has an instance in the movie. It has the catalyst um, you know, that gets us going into the story of a superhero team, a reality show being filmed around a superhero team. One of the members blows up a school. And that's what kind of gets... You know, going yes, and in and in the film it has a, it has a similar instance. It has something that can be construed. It has a it has something that can kind of again this is spoiler free, so I'm trying to dance around the actual um, details. But it doesn't it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like any characters out acting out of out of character, for lack of a better word there. It doesn't feel like anybody... This has been building. Tony Stark's side is clear. It's been building for, for several movies now. Captain America, in the comic books, there's no way, and I said this last week, there's no way Captain America should be on the side he's in in the comic books. He is a 1940s guy. Um, obviously, yes, he'd been around, um, not melted out of the ice, as Sam had uh, so succinctly put it, um, but defrosted out of the ice in the 60s, in the Marvel Universe, theoretically speaking, in comic book continuity, it's like 10 years. So, yeah, maybe he's seen enough from the government to say, like, I don't trust the government, but quite frankly, his character should trust the government. But in the movies, it doesn't trust the government. But it makes sense why it doesn't trust the government. So everything that built up to this Civil War makes 100% sense. 100% sense. And that's why the positions are not too far-fetched. No one's acting out of character. Black Widow in the film does not act out of character. She might appear to act out of character at one point, but then doesn't. And that's the best part. She, she is continually, you know, every character kind of acts the part. The movie's also somehow made Falcon cool, which is awesome. Um, and yes, after the sneaky events of S.H.I.E.L.D. in Winter Soldier, it turned Cap. Exactly. You have things that build up and lead up to what is actually happening in the movie. So you have all these things that make total sense. Falcon is cool in the movie. Black Widow makes sense in the movie. Spider-Man's appearance, there's a couple things that are left unsaid with him. Um, no spoiler, because you could actually read it online. Marissa Tomei as his aunt. Uh, I love Marissa Tomei. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of reinventing Aunt May a little bit for the movies. I'm okay with that. I know, Sam is, Sam's debating. Well, no, see, plus column... Plus column, oh, we're getting to that Saints Girl 878. Hang on one second. Plus column for Aunt May, um, I, will, I will eat Marissa Tomei's wheat cakes anytime. Anytime. Uh, so I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that casting role. I don't need to see uh, a super old, old woman in that role. Uh, on the negative side, obviously, Aunt May, I, don't, I, I was a little taken aback, but that's okay. Yes, Aunt Hottie, that is correct. Um, Red Wing, as Saints Girl 878 pointed out on Periscope. If you want to find me on Periscope, go to at Michael underscore Dolce. Uh, Red Wing, uh, again, not giving away too much, but there's little little things that just made you feel really good. In the comics, Falcon, the character, used to 
um, have a faithful falcon, like a literal animal falcon. In this, it's a drone. Same thing, name Red Wing. I mean, it's little touches like this. Um, the direct, the direction, uh, the director is the direction. The direction of the directors was outstanding. I mean, everything about it was really, it was just top notch. When we come back, though, I'm going to tell you, actually, I'm going to keep going on the good. We're going to go with the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, so when we return, more Civil War, good, bad, and ugly. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We are brought to you by Audible.com. I didn't even get to our sponsors in the first segment. That's how excited I was about Civil War to talk about it. I didn't even get to the sponsors. Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash secretsofthesire. At some point, I will eventually go on audible.com and tell you exactly what to download. But it'll happen. It'll happen eventually. Um, but you can get over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Audible.com is what you are looking for. Also, friend of the show and sponsor of the show, Buddy Scalera. New photo book, photo reference book for budding artists. Pick it up on Amazon now, or you can go to facebook.com slash secrets of the sire. We have the link up there right now, and you can check it out. He's got an awesome... Photo reference book. I'm an artist. I'm a comic book artist. I do a lot of stuff. Reference is key. He takes real people, um, muscular people, anatomically correct people for comic books, puts them in positions that you would draw them. Uh, It's amazing. It's an amazing reference book. I really can't say enough about it. So check it out on our Facebook page, Secrets of the Sire, S-I-R-E dot com slash, uh, sorry, Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. If you want to become a sponsor, and reach over 40,000 listeners worldwide, go to our website, secretsofthesire.com slash sponsor. Join the conversation now, 877-480-4120, or jump on Periscope at Michael underscore Dolce. We've got our loyal followers. We've got some new followers. We've got some uh, new fans checking us out every day. So we talked talking Civil War. We're talking completely spoiler-free Civil War. I'm trying my best to keep everything from being 
revealing. That's the worst thing. I, I don't ever want to give away something. I'm, I'm in the J.J. Abrams camp. Uh, the less you know, the better you are. The Game of Thrones camp. The less you are, the better you, you know, the less you know, the better you are. Because, quite frankly, there's so much stuff out there. Why do you spoil stuff? I used to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I still do, actually. Mm, and reruns, obviously. And season six came along, and I couldn't wait to find stuff out. So I went trolling on message boards back when message boards were like a big thing. This is like 2001. This is like the infancy of the internet. And I would just troll, and I would just try to find everything about it. And now I'm I'm the complete opposite. And I got to be honest with you, it's because of that experience. I ruined season six for myself. I'm actually watching rewatching season six right now from a different perspective, a little older perspective, a little more mature uh, perspective. And I have to say, it's actually not as bad as I thought it was. But I think part of the reason I didn't like it so much is I knew everything was going to happen. I knew who the big bad was going to be for that season. I knew what was going to happen. So we are trying to keep this as spoiler-free as humanly possible for all of our uh, listeners and viewers who are catching us on Facebook and on Periscope right now. All right. So we were talking about the good, and we didn't finish with the good. So we're going to continue with the good. Comparing it to Batman v Superman, it's going to happen. We're going to do it. We're going to do it in depth. But one of the major things that I think you can compare the two, Batman v Superman has five to eight to ten different movies going on. You know, take your pick, right? I mean, you have like a bajillion different movies going on in one movie, and it's a detriment to the movie. If it was simply Batman v Superman, you could throw Lex Luthor in, you don't have to throw in the surprise bad guy, which is not a surprise because we saw it in the movie trailer, as we talked about. Movie trailers giving away like everything. Um, Doomsday in the end. If it wasn't done that way, I think the movie would have been better. I think people would have been more well received. I mean, you're 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 basing your movie on one of the most iconic comic book stories of all con- of all time in The Dark Knight Returns. You are basing it on something that is. In and of itself iconic, you're pitting two heroes against each other. That's all you need. You don't need to have 800 movies. We've talked about it, and that's fine. We're not going to beat that to death. You can go on soundcloud.com slash secrets of the sire, and you can listen to all of our podcasts. Uh, you can go to any podcast app, iTunes, Google Play. We're up on all those. Download, I think it was like episode 12 or episode 11, episode 13. Just download them all. Just get them all. That, that's the best way to do it. Captain America Civil War does have two or three movies going on in one movie. But they handle it really, really, really well. And that's the difference, right? They're able to juggle 15 different movies, 20 different movies, whatever you want to say. They're able to juggle all this stuff in one movie and they're able to do it so that it's all leading in one direction. This, this, the entire film is actually still moving forward. There's not a point where you're, you're stepping back and, and questioning why is this happening and why is that happening. I mentioned that I cry during movies, and I do, and, I'm, and, and hopefully my wife is not watching this as far as I know she's not, which is good because the next time we go to the movies, she's going to kind of peek over her shoulder and, and look if there's some tears. I mean, it's not like bawling crying. I'm not like, I'm not like, a, a, like a little girl crying. I'm just, there's, there's tears. It's, it's emotional. It's, it's, there's like happy, it's happy tears, you know, good stuff. 
Saints Girl 878 says the big letters could have been left out. I have no problem with the big letters. Um, what that means is that uh, Joe and Anthony Russo, the directors of the, of the film, actually every new scenic location, scene or scenic location that they would, they would go to, they would tell you where they are in big letters. No problem. I'm telling you, I have no problem. There's nothing about the movie that I have a real huge problem with. None. But at the same time, again, they're juggling more than one movie. They're basically a Captain America movie and an Avengers movie all in one. But what they're able to do is actually create both. They're actually able to keep me engaged as a Captain America story. And then about midway through, it becomes an Avengers story. And then at the end, you're right back to, oh, we're now resolving the Captain America story. So you're actually able to follow all three, well, I guess it's not really three, all two storylines they have going on. Now, there's, there's something that they have, an advantage that they have, that obviously Batman v Superman didn't have. Batman v Superman was kind of thrust up there by Warner Brothers saying, we need to catch up to Marvel. So here's nine movies so we can catch right up. Marvel had the luxury of spanning this over eight years of movie making. They had the luxury of building up the fact that Tony Stark, you don't have to question what Tony Stark is doing. You don't have to question why Captain America is doing what he's doing. You don't even have to question new role players like Vision and Scarlet Witch and well, Falcon's semi-new too. I mean, you just know Falcon's on the side of Captain America. Why? Because he is. Because we know he is. There's no, there's not sitting there saying, why is he there? Ant-Man, which I gotta be, I have to confess to the audience, I have not seen yet because I just, eh, I wasn't too excited about it, but I'm going to go back and see it now because it does tie in. And there's a reason why he's on Captain America's side. I didn't even have to see the movie to understand he has a history with Falcon. Falcon and him have a history together. That's why he's on his team. You know, there, it, it takes two lines. I remember back when, um, I want to say, oh, Attack of the Clones. I was going to say Phantom Menace, but it's not Phantom Menace. Attack of the Clones spends two hours trying to make you believe that Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen have any kind of chemistry. Any kind of chemistry. It takes them two hours, and by the end of two hours, you're like, really? Yeah, I don't feel that. I don't feel it at all. Whereas Return of the King, Lord of the Rings, all it took was like Viggo Mortensen's character to look at the damsel... Uh, in the uh, in the second movie or the third movie, whatever it is, all it was one look. It took Peter Jackson like two minutes to come up with like, wow, they have chemistry. Wow, they have you know, right there, boom, there's chemistry. We're gonna talk about chemistry in this film too, because there's a couple of off chemistry moments in this as well too, which is why it's not as far off from Batman v Superman as you might think. Batman v Superman is like a couple of script changes away from being just as good as this. A couple little script tweaks. But I digress. In this particular film, though, everything is kind of set up. Everything is nice. You just you you get the character relationships. You get why everyone's doing what they're doing, and that adds to the story within the story, because the story within the story is already kind of explained before you come in. Um, and it's and it's not a crutch. I mean, part of you might sit there and say, "Well, hey, I have to go see nine films before I'll understand this film." No, no, you don't have to. And that's the beauty of it, right? I didn't see Ant Man. I understood immediately. There's a history between Ant Man and Falcon. That's why Ant Man's on his team. Hawkeye's there. Black Widow. No one's acting out of character. Everyone. This has been built up for a while. 
people understand it. It makes total sense. So this is that's the good. The other good too is I mean, watching this film, you really do I mean, it's just I couldn't even help but think about Batman v Superman and what a JV effort Batman v Superman was compared to Civil War. You are deconstructing heroes, just like our, our guest a few weeks ago, Jeff Gomez, said. You are deconstructing these heroes after you've built them up. Couldn't say it better myself. Batman v Superman, they're deconstructing heroes that we've barely gotten a chance to know. I mean, it's just a JV effort. It just is. It just is. So for anybody out there who thinks that I think Civil War is better than Batman v Superman, no. 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 <laughs> no. Not even close. But... I don't think they're as far off as, as some would like to believe. I think they're close. I think the next you know batch of DC films can be as good as Civil War. And that doesn't mean Civil War is not without some warts. doesn't mean there's a couple things in Civil War where I'd say, you know what? I wouldn't have done that. And there's one major outcome, as spoiler-free as humanly possible as I can be, where I sit there and go, eh, just as good as Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman might have had an actual better ending. So when we get back, we're going we're gonna to deconstruct that ending because it's the only complaint that I have about this film. It's the only complaint I have about this film altogether. I feel like Batman v Superman actually had a better ending when all is said and done. It had a more fulfilling ending when all is said and done. Civil War, for as great a lead-up, as great a story, as great a build-up, I think the ending was a little subpar. Secrets of the Sire, again, brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. AudibleTrial.com slash Secrets of the Sire with over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Audible.com is your resource for audiobooks. Coming up next, I'm going to try to do this as delicately as possible. I really am. I'm going to break down the ending of Civil War without giving away anything and tell you why Batman v Superman actually had the better ending when we get back. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. Are you looking for a show where people talk about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Well, then you have come to the right place because The Rob and Callie Show is doing just that. For the last 10 years, Rob and I have been having our own version of Sunday morning therapy sessions on the phone, and now we're bringing it to the radio. So tune in and call in live Wednesdays, 8 to 8.30 on talkradio.myc. And that's Eastern Standard Time, so join us. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We are talking all Civil War right now. And we are kind of giving you the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we've spent the first two segments talking about the good. Um, but we've been mentioning Batman v Superman. Um, we've been mentioning the DC movies. And I've been mentioning specifically why I don't think that they're as far away from what Marvel's doing as you might think. And the reason I think that, though, and again, this is a spoiler-free review, so I'm trying to give you as as in-depth as I possibly can without being uh, spoilerific, without giving away too many details. Um, but what a great build-up. What a great story. All the characters acting the way they're supposed to act. The interactions working. Um, second act, amazing. First act, amazing. Third act, even, even that was great. It really was. Everything kind of led to this culmination where we knew it was kind of headed. We knew it was going to be, you know, the showdown between the real villain. And again, I'm not giving anything away that you can't read elsewhere. But if you want to cover your ears and you want to cover your eyes and you don't want to hear anything about this, this is the time to do it. So you have Baron Zemo, essentially the character playing uh, Baron Zemo um, as the, you know, I want to call him the Lex Luthor of this of this entire plot. He's been kind of pulling the strings and and getting the heroes to do what they're going to do, but his motivation and his ultimate end game makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me. I get it. I get it. At the end of the day, and again, cover your ears. We we've been spoiler free for I don't know thirty minutes or so, and and in order to really break this down I, I have to kind of give away some of the plot so I'm gonna I'm gonna count I'm gonna do the la 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 if you're gonna if you're gonna cover your ears and go la 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 this is the time to do it I'm gonna do a little bit right now for anybody that just joined us on Facebook this is the spoiler part of Civil War so if you want to hear anything spoilerific turn yourself away Periscope if you don't want to hear anything this is the time well don't turn us off and never turn us off always always keep us live so Baron Zemo is essentially manipulating everybody to fight each other, to break the Avengers down from within, all right? And I get it. it. makes total sense. That's great. However, his plot ultimately gets Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Iron Man in a room and shows Iron Man something, and again, I won't go into detail what it is, that is very disturbing to him. And basically makes him flip out on the other two guys and kind of culminates the whole Civil War theme that goes throughout, right? Oh, <laughs> we have Jersey, Jersey Jedi 71. Visual sign when it is safe to listen again, please. Okay, I will definitely give you a, a visual sign that it is safe to listen. He basically shows Iron Man something that flips him out at the end. And he gets, you know, again, it, we already kind of had the hero on hero stuff. Um, it's okay to drive that point home again at the end and look it's the end of the film but at the end of the film he basically just gets him in a room to fight each other and I'm sitting there saying his entire plan hinged on the variables that he could somehow get Captain America, Iron Man and Winter Soldier in a room together show Iron Man something that would kind of tip him off the deep end a little bit I mean what if Iron Man just decided not to show up <laughs> you have no plan then you have no culmination like, that is your plan. That is the specific plan. And then he's going to do something at the end to kind of... I'm sitting there going, you know, wouldn't it... 
he had this whole buildup. And again, I'm trying to be as spoiler-free as possible. He had this buildup. He did. He had this buildup leading to this culmination where there's a real threat to the rest of the world. And he's like, nah, I just kind of wanted you guys to fight a little bit. And I'm sitting there going, okay, not only is that kind of weak, and uh, and Jersey Jedi, you can you can you can start listening, uh, start watching again, start listening again, because I'm not going to go into it. Not only is that kind of weak, but it reminded me of Lex Luthor in Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman, Lex Luthor, and look, by now I'm not going to go. Look, I'm doing, I'm going spoiler free for Civil War. I'm not going spoiler free for. Uh, for Batman v Superman. You've had time to listen to it. You've had time to watch it. You you probably saw the whole movie if you looked in the movie trailer. So it, it's okay at this point. You, if you're Lex Luthor, your entire plan hinges on an unstable alien that you've recreated based on the DNA from another alien that, that crash landed that you're somehow going to control. I, I'm assuming, I'm assuming Lex Luthor figured he was going to control him. To kill Superman. Once he kills Superman, though, it looks like he's out of control. He basically is going to destroy Metropolis. So Lex Luthor's entire plan makes no sense at the end. The villain of Civil War, his entire plan, by the end, makes no sense to me. And it hinges on luck. I mean, it hinges on luck. Everything is so strategic. Everything leading up to the end is so strategic. It's, it's so calculated, everything he's doing. Okay, he infiltrates this. He does that. It, oh, it makes total sense. Oh, my goodness, there's this threat that he is somehow masterminding. He is going to get to this threat. He is doing, he is messing with Bucky. He is messing with Captain America. He is doing all these things. And it's leading up to just, yeah, I just wanted to piss everybody off. Like, really? Like, that's it? Like, that's it? Oh. I'm telling you right now. So I was taking notes while I watched it for anybody who just joined us late. Uh, I actually watched it this afternoon leading up to it, which is why my promos leading up to this was not as detailed as it could have been. Uh, the poignant questions that I wanted to ask. And, and I am showering this thing. I am taking notes on my cell phone as the movie's going on. And I'm just like, wow, they did this right. Wow, they got that right. Wow. Like, we were watching two movies. We were watching an Avengers movie and a Captain America movie. Both movies are working together toward this amazing movie. Like, this is great. This is amazing. And it comes to the end, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So, again, don't want to give too much away. Go see it. It's still worth it, but it makes it an A-. minus. makes it a B plus instead of a straight A. Everyone's kind of saying, like, oh, it's the best one out there. So I kind of posed the question out there. Is this the best Marvel movie out there? And I got to be honest with you for, you know, you figure out the fraction. Nine-tenths of the movie, 9.5 slash 10 of the movie was amazing. The ending just, ugh, it drops it below. It just, it, it definitely drops it below. My favorite solo movie was Captain America. And I got to be honest with you, as a Captain America movie, this still works. It just works so well. It really does. It works as an Avengers movie. Welcome back, Saints Girl 878. It works as an Avengers movie. It works as this as this total symbiotic relationship in a movie. I, I mean, everything's great, but then it just it just kind of fizzles out at the end. And that's what I felt like with I actually felt the opposite with Batman v Superman. I felt like the middle of the movie in Batman v Superman was just so weak 
that it took you away from everything and then it gets to the end and you're like okay the ending was kind of cool they didn't give the ending away in the in the uh trailer so i give them i give them a thumbs up for that i also give them a thumbs up for the action scenes the action scenes in this movie were amazing too i mean honestly batman v superman does stack up against it but the level of preparation that the Marvel films did leading up to this movie was so much greater than what Batman v Superman did, and we've talked about it, and we th- and I and I agree. So our engineer Sam also asked, you know, was the ending of Captain America: Civil War similar to that of the comic book? And the the answer is no, because the comic book was really it was an event driven miniseries. It was something that uh it. It had a lot of characters acting at a turn. We've talked about it last week with the Bad Coyote Funky Bunch. It had Spider-Man doing things like revealing a secret identity, even though he's protected a secret identity for years. It had Tony Stark with no real build-up. I know he was Secretary of Defense at some point, but that would actually, in my mind, make him even less trustworthy of the government. All of a sudden decide the government is what the government, you know, oh, I need to be the government. No, no, no. Makes no, makes no sense. It had, I mean, the culmination of it, it brought back Thor when Thor was dead, but it was really like a robot Thor, and then he killed one of the guys, and it basically just, the ending of the original Civil War comic book was really about kind of setting the storylines to come, kind of just setting up the Marvel Universe for the next two or three years. This movie is more of a piece of a puzzle. This movie is more of a... And that's why I can't rank it as a, as a number one either. Uh, and I'll tell you why. It, it, I'll actually, no, wait. All right, I'm going to change my own mind as I kind of talk about this. Empire Strikes Back, hands down, right? Best Star Wars movie for all my uh, viewers on Facebook and on Periscope. Best one. No? Return of the Jedi. Oh, Sam says Return of the Jedi. I will go. I think the consensus number one Star Wars movie is Empire Strikes Back. So yes, it's possible. Godfather 2 is supposedly the consensus best Godfather film. I actually liked 1 better than 2. But a lot of people will argue that 2 is even better than 1. So yes, you can have a part 2. You can have um you can have all these things where you're not the first and you're not the last chapter in a story be the best. In this particular case though, this is the next chapter. Saints Girl 878 is saying she's ready for Bucky to rise up as the next cap. Will that happen? I don't know. This is spoiler free. This is spoiler free here. I think also the fact that um, it is the chapter leading up to the next Avengers movie. I'll tell you what this movie does do, though. It gives me the ultimate faith in Joe and Anthony Russo that they are going to be killing it when Avengers Infinity War comes out. They are just going to kill it. They are able to juggle. I mean, you have, what, six on each side, essentially? Twelve heroes, a villain, a quasi-villain in the uh, Senator Ross, who is kind of pulling the government strings behind there. I mean, you have, you have all these things that are just, I mean, you have directors who are capable of doing this you have cap- you have directors where you're never going to question Zack Snyder you're going to question uh, you're going to question the entire DC production team you're going to question all the producers you're going to question the screenwriters you're going to sit there and say I just saw the uh, the, the movie trailer for uh, Suicide Squad gotta say I was not impressed I-, I wanted to see more of Jared Leto's Joker 
I saw it. I, I, I wasn't impressed. I got to be honest, my dad, who uh, knows of this world but is not as in tune as I am, would say, as I would say, he, I, I, I think he had no idea that was the Joker, um, which is okay. I'm not knocking it because of that. I'm just, you know, I just wasn't that impressed. But in Joe and Anthony Russo, I am so, so completely impressed. I am so impressed with what they are able to kind of do, uh, juggling as many storylines. I think people made a big deal about Black Panther. I thought he was okay in this movie. I thought it was um, good casting. I thought his motivations were clear. I thought his character was very clear. Uh, he didn't blow me away, though. I, I was reading like reviews, and wow, Black Panther. And their Black Panther comic book sold like 300,000 copies, which is huge. It was like the number one book a few months ago, uh, and obviously based in the lead-in. Is it just because he was Marvel's first black character that now there's kind of like a diversity thing going on and there's a renaissance in that? It's very possible. We'll probably talk about that another day. But I was not as... Im- All right. I wasn't say I was not impressed. I was not blown away by his character. I thought his character was good. I thought he made the right decisions. I think even by the end when he kind of knew what was really going on, he made the right choice. And, and and there was never a part of me that says, I don't get this guy. I don't understand his character. I was with it the entire way. But I was not as blown away as some publications were. I'm a big Entertainment Weekly fan. Um, but they are like hyping Black Panther up. Like he's he was one of the best parts of, of the movie. And it's like, well, yeah, he was he was okay. But Black Widow was actually great. Ah, Scarlett Johansson. The ugly of the film, too, though, we're going to get into this in our last segment as well, too. Uh, you know, again, they didn't do everything right. No chemistry between Captain America and Sharon Carter, in my mind. I understood why Sharon Carter was helping him. I understood why Sharon Carter, you know, they kind of built her up. She's in the comics. She's his love interest in the comics. So, again, not giving anything totally away here but you get to see this more in this film than you did in the second film you get to introduce her in the second film i think black widow has more chemistry with captain america than sharon carter does uh, look these are nitpicky little things though i mean these are nitpicky little things where do we rank civil war though in the marvel universe scope i'll tell you what my number one is next you're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. TalkingAlternative.com 
Welcome back. We are wrapping up another great show, but this is our first show in prime time. We are going to be on every Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. We love everybody who is a loyal listener and loyal follower. You can check us out on Periscope at Michael underscore Dolce. You can check us out on Twitter at the same handle. You can check us out on secretsofthesire.com, facebook.com slash secretsofthesire, S-I-R-E, soundcloud.com slash secrets of the sire you can catch up on any of our previous posts you can always go to talkingalternative.com and also download any of our previous uh, shows as a podcast as well talked a lot about civil war because i mean it's the movie it's going to be the movie this summer there's no question about that ironically again another reason why it did not do um you know batman v superman not as far off batman v superman actually in the friday box office was uh, was actually just as strong, if not stronger, than Civil War's Friday box office. Now, Batman v Superman suffered from having lackluster reviews after the fact. Batman v Superman was not as good a movie. It just wasn't. And, you know, to anybody who was checking me out thinking I'm crazy for saying that on Twitter, um, I think, just think it's, it's closer than you think. It's closer than you think. The action, move, the action between Batman and Superman, actually, like, the fight scene's a little bit better. Um, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that I like, but then there's also, you know, uh, there's really no comparison at the same time. Civil War is this culmination of this plan that Marvel's had in place and it's just fantastic. Like it really is. It's just, it's just this, you know, this has been leading up for a while and if you've been following it, you can enjoy it because it's, it's just great. But is it the best? Is Civil War the best Marvel movie out there? I mean, that's a good question. What's your what's your rank? What's your top three? Give me your top three, and maybe we'll go into this a little bit more next week as well, too. David Volley says, right now it's my favorite. The first Avengers was on top, followed by Guardians, but this one is up there. I think the, the first Avengers movie is perfect. I actually don't think there's a single part of that first Avengers movie that doesn't hit on all cylinders. I think Guardians of the Galaxy was a lot of fun. I think the original Captain America movie is my personal favorite. I don't think it's the best movie, but I think it's my personal favorite. I just love the time period. I love time travel. Not time travel, but I love going back in time to the 40s, seeing how it kind of all began. I was a big fan of the Agent Carter show. A friend of mine also. We're big fans of the show. It's too bad that show just never did it, though. Ratings-wise, just never made it. And it's probably not back. And uh, without giving anything away, there's an Agent Carter reveal in this movie as well, too. So, uh, you know, a little shout out to her as well, too. Um, Stephen Cavanaugh said Cap 2 is his favorite. Winter Soldier. So here's the funny thing about Winter Soldier, right? I watched Winter Soldier. Love Winter Soldier. But I was watching Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And here's the one thing that kind of had a little hiccup, right? A little hiccup in the Marvel plan here. Marvel is really, really great about working their 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 stories together, kind of weaving them all together and making you know making them make sense together, right? And it's kudos to it because that's what the comic books did. That's why you love the comics. You know, if Spider Man is battling Doctor Octopus in New York City and the Mole Man, you know, comes up and is fighting Fantastic Four, there's usually a mention in between each books, like, oh crap, hey, Mister Fantastic, nice seeing you here after you just battled the Mole Man. Yes, Spider Man, I'm here to help you stop Doctor Octopus. And, you know, 
I happen to be here as well, and because Mole Man just happened to be fighting me down the street, and now I'm here, and, you know, Wolverine would be upstate in Westchester, and ironically, I live in Rockland, and, you know, there was a a cohesive universe to it, and they're doing that in the movies, but when I watched Winter Soldier, I actually just, I, I actually got spoiled by watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was trying to give... It was trying to tie in, and it did tie in. It tie in directly with um, the new Captain America movie at the time was Winter Soldier. But they gave away the fact that Hydra was behind everything. So by the time I actually got to the theater, which was only a couple days later, I knew that Hydra was behind everything, and that was the big reveal of Winter Soldier. And that kind of goes back to what we talked about with spoilers. Don't go seeking spoilers, people. Try not to, because there's no reason to ruin it for yourself. In this particular case, Marvel... I guess Marvel banked on the idea that maybe you would watch Winter Soldier first and then see Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm not sure. I remember watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. going, wow, this whole thing was Hydra the whole time. What a huge reveal. Go to see the movie. Oh, I already knew that. In fact, you're waiting for it to happen. So that to me was the issue. So I don't think Cap 2 is my favorite. Um, I'll take Captain America 1. Um, Saints Girl 878 actually brought up Fantastic Four. Can we just bury it? Just saw that for the first time, by the way, this weekend. Not as bad as people think. No, no, no. The the, uh, the reboot. Sam just asked the first Fantastic Four. No, the reboot Fantastic Four from last from last year. Not as bad as people think. But you can tell where Josh Trank kind of got the reins taken at him. She says, dreadful. No, no, no. Follow me here. Follow me here. The first hour and a half of that movie. It's a, well, sorry. The first hour and 15 minutes of that movie. It's an hour and 45 is actually really, really good. They invent... Why can't they just say the negative zone in there? That's We're getting off topic here, but that's okay. They, they say planet zero instead of the negative zone. Maybe they don't own the rights to negative zone? I don't know. Everything except that was awesome. You have... Every, you have a like logical building point to the next part, to the next part, to them discovering the negative zone, and then going to the negative zone. You have, you have clear motivations from all the characters to go to the negative zone... They build this machine that can get to the negative zone, and they don't want to be the they don't want to be the scientists who allow Neil Armstrong to go to the ne- negative zone. They want to be the ones that get the credit. Makes total sense. They come back with superpowers. Makes total sense. They lose Doctor Doom out there again. I'm not spoiling anything. This movie's like a year old, and everyone hated it. So I'm sure that everyone, I'm sure that what I'm doing right now is totally okay. Um, makes total sense. And I think they got to like the hour and fifteen point and they're like, oh hey, we gotta wrap this film up. Or as Josh Trank kind of alluded to, the studio took the film away from him at that point. And at that point, Doctor Doom's motivations make no sense. Uh there's no ominous threat to the planet. There's no ominous threat to even just I mean it, it they kind of make it seem like there's a threat to the rest of the world. They make it seem like there's this like big overarching thing, but no, at the end of the movie they just they just it fizzles out, completely fizzles out. So watch the first hour and 15 of Fantastic Four and then just stop it. Just just hit stop on your DVR or turn the channel if you're watching it or just give it back if you have to. Um, Chris Evans was better as a human torch. I gotta be honest, I had no problem with a black human torch in this case. I had no problem with that. Look, the way I look at these movies is this is the ultimate universe and... For anybody who's a fan of the comic books, they rebooted the entire Marvel Universe in 2000 while simultaneously still having your old school Marvel Universe in existence side by side. 
two different universes. It's a, it's a multiverse theory, if you want to call it anything. And they're able to just bring everything up to date. So in my mind, I had no problem with the Black Human Torch. I thought he was fine. Yes, he's not Johnny Storm. I get it. He's not the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Johnny Storm. I get it. Got no problem with that. I have no problem with that. This is the ultimate universe. They're rebooting things. They're updating things. Makes total sense to me. It does. It just does. Um, they were not, they were like, ha- they weren't brother and sister. They were half brother and sister. Sue Storm was adopted. I don't care though. You know, I guess that maybe, maybe that's what it comes down to. I just don't care about the Fantastic Four mythology um, so much. And it actually brings up a good point though. At what point do we let these movies just kind of be themselves, right? Like at what point do we sit there and go, well, that didn't happen in the comic. Well, that didn't happen in the comic. Well, uh, 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 that person couldn't possibly, you know, they have a little bit of a, uh, a Scarlet Witch vision romance kind of brewing in the, in the Civil War movie, and that happened in the comic books. So, awesome. Yeah, they're kind of giving a nod to the comics. That's great. That romance hasn't been in print form in 20 years. I'm okay if they didn't do that. I'm okay if the, you know, I know Haw- Hawkeye's got a wife and kids at home, but... Him and Scarlet Witch kind of had a little, I don't know, there's a little chemistry there. Black Widow and Captain America, which I guess in the comic books at some point he does kind of kind of hit that, so that's good. But, you know, they have much more chemistry than Sharon Carter and Captain America, yet there is an allusion to a Captain America-Sharon Carter romance. But I don't see it. I don't like the casting. I don't dislike the actress, but I don't like the actress in this role. You know, it's 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 okay if we deviate from the comics. It's okay if... Now that this Marvel movie universe has kind of been spawned in existence, there is, there's nothing wrong with it kind of spinning off into its own thing. That's my belief anyway. But maybe that's also because Marvel's kind of butchered their comic book lines so much with all the new number ones. They've had like 18 new number ones for every single... I mean, and I'm not saying like they've had 18 new number ones. I mean, like each title has been rebooted like 18 times. Like I have no idea. I mean, that's just my number of choice that I'm deciding to pick. But I have no idea what version of X-Men I'm reading. They don't even they don't even allude to X-Men anymore because they want to get the franchise back. They're not going to publicize it. There's no Fantastic Four comic book because they, they want to get the franchise back. I get it. Um, but you know what? Maybe I've just been reading these things long enough where I'm like, okay, like at this point, the movie universe is its own thing. If the comic books need to reshape itself to focus around the movie universe, I'm actually okay with that now because the comic book universe has kind of gone so far off the rails. There's no continuity anymore. There's no history. Sometimes there's, his- sometimes there's history. Sometimes there's not history. If we want to f- center everything around Civil War, we want to sever- center everything around the movie universe, so be it. Ah, We could talk about this for a while, but instead what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the X-Men movie coming up next week. Uh, X-Men's coming. X-Men Apocalypse, that's the next film. Now it's a Fox film, not a Marvel film. So we're going to go in depth next week about uh, X-Men Apocalypse, what we think is going to happen. Um, we're going to talk about the film. We're also going to talk about something that kind of happened outside the uh, scope of everything, though. Uh, one actor kind of stepped out of bounds by demanding his character be gay. We're going to talk about that next week. Let the... Uh, let the uh, controversy ensue. As always, we are Secrets of the Sire. We are brought to you every week. We talk movies, comic books, TV, pop culture, and music. We're going to have an all-music episode. I'm telling you, at some point, um, we're going we're gonna to definitely get back into it. I have a lot of great interviews with a lot of great musicians. Uh, want to thank everyone for joining us in our first primetime uh, broadcast here. We are a podcast. We'll be on iTunes. We'll be on SoundCloud. You can catch us 
Secrets of the Sire dot com. You can slash uh, catch us on Twitter, Periscope slash Michael underscore Dolce. Next week, talking X Men. See you then. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.